Welcome everyone. This is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where it is my purpose and my passion to provide you, the entrepreneur, with a goldmine of entrepreneurial tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational businesswomen in the know. I am thrilled to have you here today because you know what? We are celebrating our 50th show, the 50th Inspirational Businesswoman Show, and the end of season one. So we've had already a full season of outstanding guests. I hope that you found some great value from the information that you've received here this past year. I know that I have, and I just hope you picked up some of those strategies and taken action on them. So thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. I know your time's busy. It's the end of the summer. There's just so much going on, but I think that you'll find this show particularly valuable. As a matter of fact, what I've decided to do is bring this show back. So what you're going to see is a replay of an interview that I did early, early, early on my second show, and not too many people saw it. Yet it is such a powerful interview with Linda Schaefer-Venaria that I just had to bring it back for those of you who missed out on it because she has so much to offer. So thank you for being here and I really hope that you enjoy this interview. I know I did and that's why I brought it back because I wanted you to get the benefit of it. So let me go ahead and introduce Linda to you. And in the meantime, you know I wanna know where you're hanging out from. I also wanna know what your passions are. You know, I do, I want this to be a collaboration of inspirational business women and businessmen because we love our men too. And so let people know what your passion is because oftentimes we can create whole collaborations together as people coming onto the show get to know each other. Just so you know, there won't be an after show today because this is a pre-recorded interview that I did um, earlier in the year. But I just want you to know that I so appreciate you being a follower of mine and helping spread the word about the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. And I know you're going to find when the season begins again in September, it's going to be an even better season. So thank you for being with me here today. So let's talk about Linda, because so many of you are not familiar with her, and I want you to be. She is an executive coach, and she is um, you know, a coach in Carlsbad. That is her company right now, but she spent many, many years in the Navy. As a matter of fact, she was, as you'll learn, one of the first female test pilots in the Navy. And she wasn't the first, but one of the first. She was actually the third. And so she gained such an experience after having a full career in the Navy. And she's now taken that to a whole nother level in her coaching. So you're gonna hear all about that in the interview, but this is what we're talking about. We're gonna talk about piloting the edge in life and business. So it's all about showing up right now, ready for any possibility. That's one of the topics we'll be talking about. Also about performing on the edge and exploring your potential and the possibilities if you stretch yourself. So you're gonna love what she has to say about that. Strategy, but being able to do what you need to do and take the action necessary. That's all about shooting from a strategic hit. So thank you for joining me today. I hope you really enjoy this interview as much as I did. And I'll bring Linda on now and I'll see you all later on for season two. 
Thanks so much and enjoy this recorded interview. Thank you so much for having me. It's just um, exciting to be here and I love the topic that you're on. I love inspirational women too. <laughs> so. Well, you're one of them. I, I really am just so excited to have you here with us. I'd like to give the audience a little bit of your background. And it's it's a phenomenal bio. And uh, we'd be here all day if we went through your whole bio. But let's have a little background for people. And then I'm going to start to ask you a few questions. That'd be great. So here you've got, Linda, a 21-year uh, Navy career as an officer and an aviator. And during that time, she was a, uh, one of the first Navy test pilots, a women test pilots. Uh, I think you said the, the third one, actually, Linda. Is that correct? Yes, that's ex exactly right. <laughs> that's so amazing. That right there, I think we can all stop for a minute and be inspired by the fact that she was the Navy's third female test pilot and also the first woman to command a San Diego squadron. So that's phenomenal. Now, she's an executive coach today and a leading authority on edge performance. I'm going to have her explain just what edge performance is and how edge performance came out of her experience as a Navy test pilot. Now, she's been um, working over 10 years now in learning, development, and performance growth, working with literally thousands of leaders. You know, she's an international speaker, and she's also the author of Piloting Your Edge, which you can see here in um, the picture, the picture of her book. So I'll let her talk to you a little bit more about what inspired that uh, creation of that book, and I think she's got another book in development as well. And so, Linda, I want to start with, a little bit of your background going into the service. Can you tell me what initially inspired you to actually join the Navy? Well, it's uh, kind of a funny thing because it wasn't something that we really talked about in terms of that would be a great career in our family. I just want to say welcome back to everybody. We actually pushed an edge with overheat. <laughs> <laughs> and just like an aircraft would overheat, the computer did too, and it just shut right down. So, you know, sorry about that, but uh, that's real life for us sometimes, and that's actually so metaphoric for how things hit us when they do. It, uh, you know, when the edge is there, you're, you're done and you're chopped. So, you know, fire away, uh, Virginia. What's the, the topic to add on to what you were talking about while I was uh, offline for a moment? Well, what I really did, Linda, was to um, was to talk to people and read part of your bio. And that's why I said, you know, the bio is just so extensive. It's I'm just so inspired by the work that you've done um, first in your naval career, but also going forward into how you've how you've expanded that into inspiring other people to be able to perform on the edge. And as you say, uh, not shoot from the hip, but shoot from a strategic hip. So I'd like to just start with your background. Um, we started talking, we lost you, and you talked about what inspired you in the first place to join the Navy and to make that, you know, your first career. And do you want to go into that a little more deeply? Absolutely. Uh, my father was actually a navigator in B-17s in World War II and ended up being a prisoner of war. He, uh, his aircraft got hit and he bailed out of his aircraft and had the extremely unfortunate circumstance which turned into a fortunate circumstance of being alive but he had a streamer of a parachute uh, 
which is something never we would never want to have happen to us. And he essentially free fell about 10,000 feet into Minerva Island. So that was one of the stories that was actually known in our family, and it inspired me uh, in so many ways because he was able to uh, look beyond, to be positive about things. He didn't say that you shouldn't take risks because things like that should happen, but you should be prepared. And so I went through life feeling like you really ought to be prepared, but not necessarily not take the risk. Uh, that aspect in inspired me greatly. My mother was quite ill when I was younger. She was uh, sick with things that they could never totally figure out and was given essentially like a year to, to live when I was like nine years old. And with that, it inspired me because she kept finding holistic things that would always help her find that one step forward. And so between my father surviving, my mother having had that situation with her health, I went into the discovery of aviation believing that you can turn up rocks and always find a way. <laughs> you keep looking, there's always a way. There's a, the next holistic step. There's some procedure that you can shift or change or modify or move forward with. And with the realization that things can happen to you, but it's up to you how you trudge forward and, and make them work out. And so uh, I was inspired by all the trinkets of those things in the attic that I kept discovering. Nobody talked about them a lot, but they sure spoke to me. That's inspirational. I mean, just that I've never heard of such a story as what your father's was. And to have that wonderful pile of manure <laughs> right there, who could imagine that such a thing would save someone's life? Well, it's actually so metaphoric for how we show up in life, in business, and all of our families and everything. There's always that thing that is going on that's kind of maybe not perfect maybe has some things about it where you go, you know, this isn't really the way I'd want it to be. It, 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 we might even use the expression, it stinks. <laughs> it's just like manure. But the truth of the matter is my dad would tell this uh, kind of joke about how there's a pony in the manure pile, the little boy always, you know, going for the pitchfork with the manure and smiling because there's a pony in there. And it wasn't until I was an executive coach that was, I was thinking back uh, after my father's passing about him telling that so many times that I realized that he became his own pony. He was the pony of his life. He was the gift. And as an executive coach, I feel like I'm there to help people find the pony in the pile that they're facing so that it becomes a, a real gift, a treasure, and inspiration to them. And uh, we can do that so so readily if we just have that pause, reflect, focus time. It's, it's amazing where it can take us. Well, I love that. And the idea also that you found your inspiration right there at home in your own family, your own parents to start with, who so often do form the foundation of our lives, you know, both good and bad. And in your case, uh, challenges for them that led you to, you know, think and be uplifted and inspired to do uh, things in your own life. Now, so you're in the Navy, mm -hmm. and let's talk a little bit about your background in the Navy. I mean, 21 years in the Navy, if I've got that correct. Right. Uh, I'm sure you just started out and then went in became a test pilot, but that's not an overnight happening. Tell us a little bit about how that unfolded. Well, I, I think actually starting from the process of joining the Navy, 
it was always in the back of my mind that I would like to be uh, a pilot in the military. It, it was just something that called my name and never believed it was possible. And so when I heard that they were actually taking a few women pilots, it was a two-year process for me to actually go through all the wickets to actually get in. When people think, oh, you can just go sign up for the military, well, it's, it's not so fast. And so it was understanding that you need to be aerodynamically adapted, that you need to be able to present yourself. I studied all kinds of things about aviation. I took private lessons and made sure that if I did go through the door, I'd be readily prepared to do all those things, read up and talk to people in the military. So I set that stage so that as soon as I could go through the door, it, knowing that there would be challenges, it was post-Vietnam. It was not a time that people were really happy about military people in general. But also, it was a time that women were not really a part of the, the military force, particularly not what I was doing. So I wanted to make sure that I was prepared and use that time wisely. And I think that was huge. And then going through the door, it was being kind of uh, ready to learn not just there to judge. And so I found myself going, how can I do this? What is possible? That continually saying to yourself, what is possible? How can I learn what is possible? In including things about understanding the junior officer's billet guide. It's like a, a five-inch five, uh, thick book. I went through every job in there to find out which ones I couldn't do because of the law and then what was left. And that's how I've kind of plotted my career finding options that could take things to the next level, things I would not have heard of otherwise. So it's that journey of really looking at where can I find the journey, where is the possibility in the journey, how could I get there, and then when I show up, how can I make sure I do a good job? Well, the just speaking from from the standpoint of what is possible and coming from that uh, from a female perspective, it, it sounds like you really took on a lot just to prepare yourself for um, the possibility of entering the Navy and going into the aviation aspect of it. Uh, talk a little bit more about, you know, were there challenges? I'm sure there were as uh, a woman entering uh, the Navy. There was a huge amount of challenges uh, out there. People would say, oh, you're pretty enough to not <laughs> have to do that. And it was my passion, so I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to hear how I could go be an aviator and how I could really enjoy the whole pursuit of, of being the tactical aspect of it, which I found fascinating and, uh, you know, moving. I, when, you, when you're doing something that you really enjoy doing and you want to do, you feel very alive while you're doing it. You feel on task and on purpose, and that was what I wanted to be able to do. And so it was about really not listening in, in many cases to all the negative things. Like when people would sit there and tell me all the negative things that, you know, you won't be able to do this and you won't be able to do that. I, I just had a switch in my head and I'm telling you I just turned it off. I, I remember telling people, uh, sometimes senior leaders, sometimes my own family in some cases, that there's not enough negative things that you could possibly tell me to make me not want to do this. So you might as well just save us both the frustration and not bring it up. <laughs> and and it, it was that whole place of deciding how you need to listen to things and filter things and then not turn everything off because you don't want to turn the pearls of advice out there off 
because you need those to mentor you to go forward. And so it's this two-way thing of being open to every possible great idea that could be uh, helpful and at the same time turning off the negative spigot to seem to flow in at twice the rate or ten times the rate in, in a way that it, it didn't impact my attitude. Otherwise, so, it's stolen from you. Your dream is stolen from you just by this negativity. Well, that's very powerful and that's very inspirational all by itself because you obviously had a unique capacity that many, many people don't have or at least have to practice and that is shutting off the negative. In other words, you know, having um, selective awareness, <laughs> awareness and being open to ideas that inspire and move you in the direction that you wanted to go and at the same time having the ability to close off your mind to negative uh, feedback, negative ideas or you know, you can't do this, you can't be successful. I think those are really important points that you're making for anyone in business today or in life. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's take it a step further. <laughs> what brought you into being a test pilot? I, from day one, wanted to be a test pilot. From the day I walked through the door, it was on my mind. And at the time I walked into the Navy, there was all the stuff out there on the right stuff. There was, you know, trips through museums. We used to go through museums when I, was, when I was a child, and I would constantly see all these things from the past. I was very aware and inspired by Amelia Earhart and her passion to keep moving and keep trying things and, and uh, never let go of the next possibility. And so that was just on my mind. What was not there was the pathway to get there. And so just starting with a pencil and paper, I sat down and I actually looked at like the years. People go, oh, you're, you know, you're so young. And I started calculating how many years it would take to go through the wickets. And I go, man, I'm like six months behind. <laughs> you know, I, better go, I better start jogging and catching up. And it was that awareness of what the path might be consisting of that help me understand some of the things that I could be focused on, what might help being able to get there, with the awareness in the back of my mind too that it may never happen, that I might actually be trotting down a road of no go, no possibility. That didn't stop me, but I think it's important to go a journey that may be very difficult with that in mind. And what that did is it made me think about those things that uh, if I didn't make it, how would this possibly prepare me for other things? What I found is it wasn't a perfect path. Uh, the journey had some hiccups in it, you know, with opportunities that would shut down because a squadron would decommission, because things would happen in space and, you know, with the space aircraft and all the destinations that you can go through through being a test pilot, all those things. You can't change the news. But what I found is the skills that it took to become a test pilot are also the same skills that help you to become an even better commanding officer, to help you be a, a leader out there, actually to help you be an even better mom <laughs> if you want to take it to the home because your kids are always wanting to push the edge and do things. And it's like how do you 
learn to balance those things, not to share autobiographical examples per se, but to understand where the parameters are, where it's okay or not okay. And so I think that's helped me from being a mom to uh, being able to project into whether something's potentially successful, how to actually set the stage for communications up front so bad things don't happen. All of that were byproducts of being in that world and being on the journey. And for me, it's not just being on the journey, but I was so aware. Because I knew I was unusual, that it wasn't a, an absolute outcome, it wasn't a normal path I was taking. I was so aware, and when you're aware, you can actually see the distinctions from step one to step two to step three, and that's huge. Yeah, awareness really says it all, because it helps, first of all, set the path that you decided to be on, and for you to understand that you were you were acquiring skills for for future leadership, um, as you said, to be a mom, you know, it was a it was a win-win situation, even though it wasn't the perfect path and there were challenges to it. And speaking of challenges, you had a huge challenge, which really helped you, you know, move forward even further on your path. First in the Navy as a test pilot, and then of course on for edge performance. Can you tell us a little bit about that? crash that um, you were lucky you survived? Yeah, that crash came very early in my career. And a crash is not one of those milestones that you want to celebrate of like, yay, <laughs> I'm glad that happened. I'm not glad it happened from that perspective, but what I will say is when you can harvest the learning from something like that, it makes you a better person, a better leader, it makes you uh, be able to think. I think what it's done for me is it's really turned me into a thought leader on a topic that I probably would have never even dreamed of had that not happened. The whole concept of edge. I was in my A4. I was actually at the end of my jet training doing acrobatics. One of the leading edge slats deployed before the others which actually sent the aircraft into an immediate departure, inverted spin, extremely violent. And you think about your work uh, situation, we complain about our work situations all the time being, you know, obnoxious and this and oh that. Well, that's that work situation where your head's getting bashed against the canopy, I'm pla plastered against the canopy, I'm being bashed from one side to the other canopy, I couldn't reach the flight controls, I was upside down, blood's running to my head, seeing stars, and at the same time, totally aware that I can't allow that to be annoying. <laughs> I must focus on any realm of possibility of survival there and the awareness of having to eject was uh, uh, very much with me and so I actually initiated ejection and that's where the real challenge started was when the seat didn't leave the aircraft. It wasn't a fault with the aircraft so much as the fact that the way I was plastered against the canopy I didn't get a direct vector pull on the handle so I got a misfire off of that. What that taught me is at that moment I was a new guy and I was able to force myself to focus and to think of something that wasn't the usual procedure on, on the uh, procedures that we knew based on comments that I'd read and, and advice I had received from uh, a senior pilot in passing. All that came to me in that moment by all sh shadows, I should have died that day. Uh, I was new. It was an experience that would challenge a senior leader 
uh, or pilot in, in that experience to survive. And there I was, the new guy, and managed to focus and managed to survive uh, the seemingly impossible. And when I start processing that, and I can tell you if you're in the intensive care unit, you have plenty of time to process things. <laughs> Staring at the ceiling and, and uh, you know, doing those that, uh, little tasks of uh, just reflecting on what happened, will I go back, all, all of that. You go over it and over it, and it becomes part of how you think and who you are. When you, when you have something like that happen to you, there's not a day that you don't really feel grateful that you survived or reflect back on what did I learn and how does that apply to this moment. It's so much a part of who you are and what you think about. What I kept coming back to is this topic of edge and pushing the edge and even knowing that you're at the edge. When somebody casually said to me, did you know you hit terminal velocity? It's a concept that you study in aviation. It's when a refrigerator comes out of an aircraft and is going down. It was 10,000 feet to the ground impact in less than five seconds. That's quick and it goes by in a flash. And to think that you, know, you can actually apply yourself in that moment as a new guy, is, uh, it, it just blew me away and the concept of hitting terminal velocity. I was just like, nah, how's that possible? <laughs> and at the same time, I was clocking it. We were there. And so we might not even be aware that we're at an edge, even though we're in, we know we're in a bad position and all of that. And I became very fascinated, focused, and intently set on discovering, first of all, how did I survive and could I bottle that to help others and myself and you know, anybody a touch or reach for any reason. And, and additionally, how can you take it to the next level and, and keep it going? And it's become a lifelong journey for me to actually create the models and thinking processes to help people push the edges of their life. So. I'm just in awe of everything you've just said. And one thing that really comes back to me on this, Linda, is that you're talking about such a short span of time, you must have gone into some form of an altered consciousness to even deal with the situation. But for you to immediately again begin to focus not on the negative, but focus on the possibilities, what is, uh, what are my options, and to execute what your options might be. And then when the execution doesn't go quite right, you still manage to survive. Uh, it's, it's one of the most ins inspirational stories I have heard in a long, long time, and I really appreciate your sharing it. Uh, um, it, it to me, it's where, where do we go from here, as you say, well, you've chosen to really focus your life on how to actually take that and carry it further, to e expand and explore upon the circumstances you had and how it might help other people. Um, and how it expanded your own life and your career. So I want to go into that in more detail. But I have a slide here before we go there. If you would <laughs> mind, I'd love to have you talk about this. Is when I uh, saw all the different avenues of aircraft or air, yeah aircraft that you've been in, I was like blown away. Let's take a look at this. And can you talk for a moment about what I've put together here for you? A little bit of your test pilot background. Well, I really applaud your ability to do research and, and to find all these uh, machines. One of the things that we do in the test pilot world is you get a lot of different exposure to a lot of different types of 
aircraft that are out there and the reason being is you want to take yourself out of that place of thinking that something is super fantastic uh, and something else is not you know so often we learn something we develop that soft spot for it and part of what they're trying to chain us is to thinking that you know it's great to have a soft spot for something but you really want to have a soft spot for the best things out there and uh, a calibrated eye for where things can be a gotcha and the ability to look at something that perhaps you haven't seen or flown before and go wow I bet that could do that or maybe it could do this and you, you create a mindset and some impressions around what might happen so that you can actually go into the aircraft then and start to experience it and so these machines are, are uh, reflect what we got to fly and experience the, the one in the down uh, corner on the, the bottom left corner is the aircraft I ultimately got to command a squadron in you know I started my uh, journey in jets and then when the combat exclusion lifted for women and I wanted to make sure that I had an opportunity to command I uh, went to uh, be a department head, an executive officer, and a commanding officer in uh, the logistics squadron for carrying on board delivery mission. And so, what I learned uh, from applying myself to flying all these different aircraft is to appreciate every mission, what every aircraft can do, its unique qualities and attributes. And to me, they're each metaphors for how we approach different things in life including the old warbirds. We got to fly some of the old warbirds and when you fly them thinking about the modern day mission and what you have to do it makes you think about things differently and so all of these aircraft teach you something new as every experience we have in life. So each one of them uh, kinda has a special place in my heart and also has taught me something really special and I, I admire each of them and the designers that put them together and the people that maintain them and, and the whole package that goes with it. Well, it's amazing to me that you not again see all the possibilities for each individual um, aircraft and what its potential is. Let's take all these ideas and move them into some of the topics you really want to talk about today. And the first one is how to show up right now as ready as possible. You've certainly alluded to it, but let's expand upon that idea. Yeah, it, it, it takes calibration. Now is just something we tend not to focus on. There's expression in aviation about really flying with the aircraft. If you're thinking too far ahead, then you miss what's going on now. And if you're flying behind the aircraft, you're not with the aircraft. It's different than just presence you know there's so much out there on being present and I agree with that but when you're focused with right now you're ready for whatever whenever for whatever reason and that's kind of the circumstance I found myself in in going down in the aircraft it's uh, certainly the circumstances that pop up with odd challenges with health and, and those things that come up in, in your lives you know facing cancer or perhaps a an unexpected job change, all of those things. And how are you ready to perhaps have your mind there to make a decision differently, to think differently, all those things. A, a big one, just to give an example, so many of the leaders I've had the opportunity to coach are just overwhelmed 
they're simply overwhelmed. Where do I start? Where do I begin? You know, if you think about an aircraft, there's so many dials and gauges and this and that, and there's wind and, and rain and, and everything else out there. So there's all the factors on the outside and the inside, and where do I start? And then incoming crisis, you know, something's happening, and how do I handle that on, on top of everything? And so it's just so symbolic of, of uh, what, what happens in our life. And I just find simply just understanding, like in an aircraft term, where you fit relative to surge redline versus high tempo can help somebody calibrate themselves so they can get that five minutes to get their mindset and believe they're not stealing from the reality of, of what's possible to get done. And it just takes that little bit of work. And when you do that, you can actually start to apply yourself to thinking in different ways of uh, how you want to frame a conversation or when you bump somebody into a hall and the hall, what, what, what you're going to say or sprinkle it with so that you're threading conversations and those things. And so all of that leads to, instead of just shooting from the hip, you know, you're shooting from a strategic hip that's really primed and ready to go. Like an aircraft, the old ones used to just pump the primer a little bit and put some fuel into it and including some of the old cars. If people are fancy old cars, uh, really old ones, <laughs> they had these primer, but rarely do we prime ourselves or our capacity to shoot from the hip. It's different than just training. It's, it's this whole ability to size up these different parameters with micro judgments uh, that can help you uh, be ready to make different decisions. And, and the, the number one thing that needs to be on people's abilities and minds is the ability to calibrate that. And, and that's what I find myself creating for people is just a series of calibrations with a couple models that help them understand how they apply those. Oh, that's fabulous. How do you how do you teach this model? Well, let's talk a little bit more about the EDGE model, first of all, and then how you um, help other people implement it in their lives and careers. The, uh, a model can be fancy or non-fancy. My, my whole approach to a model is something that can help you understand a concept that would be so difficult otherwise that you can't even grab onto it. And this whole thing around EDGE, you know, when you first start talking about edge, you go, well, what's edge? <laughs> That's the first thing people say. And the whole thing is edge is a moving target. You know, what I defined in my, my first book, Piloting Your Edge, is that, you know, it's like the universe. The universe is expanding. You can either go with it or go with it. You can go with it under your own terms or you can go with it under the terms of the universe where you're actually falling behind, but you're along for the ride. And so this is about framing the choice from which how you're going to stand with the universe of choices that are out there. And you need a model to help you understand where you are. It's very much like going into a mall. If you don't know what store you're looking for, you can go crazy. But if you can go up to the map because you are here, that's a big help. You still might have to be looking at the signs and, and those things going around, but you're far more likely to get there sooner and in better shape or condition and, and ready to go and get what you need if you have that starting point. And so the models, everything from going, how do I work four or five mindsets together, which I call mindset uh, formations, and now I call it shape-shifting mindsets. That's how I'll show up in my next book, Art of Now, because 
it emerged to me from aviation, but I really don't want, I'm not here to teach people how to fly. I hope they'll appreciate flying and respect the pilots that are doing that, but I really want people to take those concepts and have them live and breathe in whatever world they're in. And so now it's a shape-shifting mindset uh, approach so that you can actually feel and see the positions and, and feel seamless. Most of us feel like, I'm going to put on this hat. Now I'm going to put on my mom hat. Now I'm going to put on this hat. Well, I think all the hats need to be ready to change positions and guide the other one in a, in a nanosecond. And so my models help people do that and feel whole every moment of the day and be able to change on the dime when they want to uh, have a new circumstance without feeling like they're dropping half of who they are. They just reprioritize and understand how it fits and how they speak together. And a giant business uh, perspective. There's so much out there now on global leadership and, and business and then there's the business of regional aspects and international and my mind models work for that too about really helping people stay holistic and honoring all of it at one time and realizing that they can have respect off of that. So it can work with the big and it can work with the small. Uh, so that, that's one aspect of the model and how you bring philosophy into that to structure it so you can actually show up and, and feel at home and, and real. A little philosophy is actually the, the part that helps you understand the things that are in tension and have some thoughts and guides on how to do that. Uh, so that's a piece of it and the blueprinting instinct piece there's uh, some aspects of really understanding you know what lifts you up. You know we talked about the positive versus what drags you down and, and so that's all about like having some calibrating factors. Oh, that's amazing. I love your term, shape-shifting mindset. That's fabulous. Now, I guess I, as, as someone who can often feel overwhelmed and do put on many, many hats, um, I'd be just be interested if you have any even simple little exercise or shape-shifting mindship tool that I could pick up, you know, just from our, our interview today and apply toward my life in a way that keeps me performing on the edge. Absolutely. If you think about the different mindsets that you're flying from, uh, give each of them like a, a yellow sticky or a zapper, or in this case maybe a, a pink zapper. <laughs> Write them down and most people have seen a movie with planes flying in formation and think about how they need to work together and what's the story of that flight formation? Does, do they need to fly, fly apart or separately? And, and then go, what does that invite me to do in terms of my behavior or habits? What, what do I need to let go of maybe a little? What thought do I need to have on my, my mind or, or head? And then, then it can feel natural to you. You don't feel like you're letting go of something or storing something in the drawer. I don't like that concept because then you're not ready to grab onto it then you can actually shift the positions of them and go, how does that invite me to uh, think differently if this one's in charge and these two are kind of hanging on? You'll find that your behaviors slight, uh, are, are slightly different and you'll develop a, a different position of, of understanding how to subordinate something to it without feeling like you're not treating it with respect. Respect isn't you do something all the time. Respect is when it has its rightful position in, in kind of like the flow of life and so you need to be kind of like flying in a formation with all these things through through the flow of life. Oh that's beautiful terminology flying in a formation and funny that you said the sticky notes because I've been working with them the whole time here. 
then you're ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> if you have more than one thing on your sticky note, I, I wouldn't suggest that because that's going to make it very complicated. Do I do it? Put it here or here? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me show you. I started with the <laughs> for me from you today. What is possible? Great. <laughs> And then your idea of being open to, whoop, got to go the right way, open to ideas. Even though you were learning how to focus on the positives and letting go of, giving no attention to the negatives, you are always open to new ideas. I love that. Um, you are inspired always by others, starting with your family, <laughs> and then all the way up to Amelia Earhart and getting yourself and, and including people I don't like. I've always chose to be inspired by people I don't like in the ways that they're worth being inspired by. And we don't often do that. We often discard them. And I go, well, not everything about them is worthy of being discarded. So I, I, I honor everybody. That's that's phenomenal as well. And and the, and the last thing I'm going to put in is, I think, one of the most important, and that is, you know, what is possible? Taking from every circumstance and seeing what is possible um, is, to me, one of the most inspiring things you've said, and you've said so many. We, we just have a wealth of, of inspired thought coming from you today, and I really appreciate taking this time with you. I, I want to start with you, Linda, and just say for you, what if you could summarize, and I know that's not an easy thing to do, but if you could summarize your life and what it means to live on the edge and to use the, the the inspiration of you know mind shift shape shifting mindset in you know one or two words how would you sum that up how about a phrase or a sentence or two <laughs> it's the whole concept of what I focus on in edge performance and what that means is to actually stand at the edges that you know or can imagine and use that as the viewing point for possibility and not think about that as the possibility. We always think about edge as the edge instead of our viewing point. And so all possibility in its greatest form comes from the outer limits of where we can stand and pop ourselves. And I'd really like people to plant themselves there more than they have ever before. And that's great. I already have an image for that. So it's not about being at the edge, it's standing at the edge looking for possibilities as, as a viewing point for possibilities beyond what you might might not see if you weren't at the edge. Is that part and of it? And the whole concept of being a test pilot is to actually learn not where the edge is, you discover that, but you really want to set the stage so people can fly up to just before the edge. And so all of that is not about pushing ourselves recklessly, but to go to the outer possibility of as far as we can go in an almost reasonable way. <laughs> and then keep viewing further so we can keep stretching that reasonable place of where we can go out. And that just takes work and practice and some mindsets and some tools. That's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm going to stop with uh, that last phrase in itself and, and summarize this all up in one word and that is stretch. Mm -hmm. I hope that what we've done today is provide a, a platform and inspiration for all, all viewers to stretch 
and to have a whole different perspective when you bring yourself up to the edge where you can see further and and develop greater possibilities because you've taken yourself to that point. And uh, Linda, I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your amazing story, your inspiration, and your expertise with our viewers. And so uh, once again, thank you everyone for attending today and thank you very, very much, Linda, for being our first interviewee on the Inspirational Businesswoman series. I'm so grateful and appreciative. I'm going to sign off now. Thanks again. Bye thank now. Thanks for having me.